I use a 12-year-old test on this, and I always tell people, use your 12-year-old test. Write what you want to put out there, then give it to a 12-year-old who's looking at a TV. If they read it till the end, you're going to get coverage. If they don't get past <laughs> the first sentence, rewrite it. From Swoop, it's Take the Plunge, a podcast about how business owners decided to stop what they were doing and took the plunge to start their own business. We take a look at how they come to that decision and what those first crucial steps were in getting their business up and running. My name's Kieran, and I'll be your host for this episode. Today's a very exciting day. Not only is it the first episode of season two, but we're joined by another great guest. This morning, we have Peter Ibbotson, the director and founder of Journolink, an interactive platform enabling you to manage your own PR and send out your business stories to over 10,000 journalists, broadcasters, and bloggers. Journalink has grown from an idea on the back of a napkin to a successful online platform used by over 3,000 small businesses. You're very welcome, Peter. How are you doing this morning? I'm good. Thank you, Kieran. And looking forward to a good chat. Awesome. Uh, well, let's take it back to the very beginning. Uh, can you let me know what you were doing when you decided to take the plunge and start Journalink? Yeah, sure. I think like a lot of businesses, you know, we um, you start your business not not just on one great idea at one second, it kind of um, develops over a period. And my, my last exec job that I got out of before I was 50 was running the business banking side of one of the major high street banks. And I you know, very much got a view of life's no rehearsal and you don't want to be stuck in one rut for, for your life. Mm -hmm. So I had the opportunity to step aside when I was just before 50 and, and then found myself doing a lot of PR stuff. So, you know, representing people in the PR world, in the media. So my head was very much into the small business side and it's very much into the media side. And it was kind of working out. There's a gap in the market here. And the gap in the market was we've got five, six million SMEs in the country and startups, mm -hmm. you know, great entrepreneurs. And yet many of them, the vast majority of them, weren't able to engage with the media and involve themselves in PR simply because they didn't have big budgets to do it. And there was this great sort of uh, PR as a dark art. So the challenge really was, how can we change that? You know, I kind of disrupt what's there at the moment. That's where the idea came from. Half the head was in small businesses, half was in the media. How do we squash those two together and come up with an innovative solution? Um, yeah, nice. it was, it was, yeah, you mentioned the, the napkin, which is really interesting because <laughs> I, we kicked the business off with two other people. One was my daughter and one was a journalist called Tet Kofi, who I'd known for many, many years. Uh, and I was actually having a cup of tea with Tet and sitting in a, in a coffee bar and drew the model that I got in my head on the napkin and said, what do you think of that? And he said, fantastic idea. And this is lesson one. This is lesson one. When you have a fantastic idea, make sure you get the non-disclosure agreement or it's your idea written down. And I got Tet actually to sign the napkin there saying, OK, <laughs> my idea, you can't nick it. And I still got that now. We've still got that now. We still, we still talk about that. Um, so, yeah, it, it was an idea. And, and a, a, again, a great thing just to bear in mind with this is ask a couple of other people if you think it's a good idea, if they think it's a good idea as well, because you get yeah. honestly out of friends. And there's, you know, there's too many businesses that get set up without really thinking about is there a market there? Is there a gap there? Will it make sense? How are we going to do it? So ask a couple of other people. And I suppose just on that, because you've obviously said you've identified a gap that small businesses haven't been able to get access to PR services. In terms of asking businesses, there's six million of them. Uh, they're very varied. 
how did you kind of identify who you wanted to talk to, who your audience was, and um, to see would your idea kind of bear fruition? Yeah, I mean, one of the um, one of the things that every business owner finds is the hardest thing is selling your product. It's the hardest thing. Um, we, you know, you're passionate about something, and we all think everybody should be buying it. I had to. I used to say to people in the team, "Why won't somebody buy this? Why wouldn't they do that?" And I actually had to be corrected quite a lot as to mm. why would they do it. Right, so the passion drives that belief in you that everybody's going to do this, and that, that that's not the case. So you know, our biggest challenge even today, so we're seven years in now, our biggest challenge even today is how do we make our market aware of of our product? Uh, and there's various ways you can do it. You know, you can embark on a very expensive advertising campaign. Um, we've done it both through web sales, but also through partnerships. So we built the partnership with Swoop, so that you know there's a discounted deal that swoop offers to small businesses in using the journal link platform so yeah. you know my route to market has very much been to focus on where are those entities that have good access to the client base that i believe i can serve and yeah. then building the relationships with them and there's a lot of mileage in that it's quite hard yards it's quite hard yeah. yards to pull people into that convince them that it's a good good additionality but it's actually a good way to get to your market but you know, un underneath that, the very thing that we do, which is getting your brand out into the market and into the media, is a very, very good way to get your brand name known. Yeah. And one, one thing to bear in mind now that it sort of hit us very much during the pandemic is that 19 out of 20 of us now make our buying decisions based on what other people say. So when you go to Amazon to buy something, first thing we all do now is look at reviews before we choose the Absolutely. product we want. So it's absolutely key for every business now that they've got independent, uh, positive comments about the brand. The best way to get that is when a journalist comments on you in, in a newspaper article. That's fantastic. And then if I could, I could bring you back then, I suppose, to the seven years ago then, in terms of getting those first couple of customers, what did you do? How did you get them over the line? I was going to use the word lie. I'm not going to use the word lie. <laughs> I'm going to use the word... Uh, a little poetic license. And when we launched it, we launched the business at the uh, the Birmingham Trade Fair. And yeah. we got our stand there and we got the, the system built, the platform built. It's a really good, intuitive, clever tech platform. And that, yeah. you know, that's how we can deliver out to deliver the, the product so uh, so affordably. Uh, so we got it all set up. We got the guy who, who'd actually built it for us was behind the screen in case it crashed. And he was sort of making adjustments as, as we were going. And, and I remember the question coming with businesses saying to us, so... How many, how many journalists have you got on this? And we were thinking, well, well, you know, 10, you know? And, and the journalists were well, how, many, how many businesses have you got on this? And we were, well, well, 10, you know? So we, we, we kind of learned something very, very quickly there. And that was yeah. that we had to build this thing sensibly. So we set ourselves the target for every business that came on here, we wanted at least two journalists. And, yes. and we ran that really well for about three years. So we always had double the number of journalists who had businesses. We sit there now and we've got 10,000 journalists on it and 10,000 businesses on it as we, as we sit now. Yeah. So that level of critical mass. But yeah, the, the, you know, there's something you've got to spin to your client yes. base at the very beginning that convinces, you, yes. convinces them you're bigger than you actually are. Um, and, and again, you know, I'm going to sort of use the journaling as an example here. One of, the, one of the components we built into the journaling platform is what we call our media room. And we give you the yes. URL for this and we let you customize your own media room. We give you the URL, sits on our server, and we keep that up to date with your running uh, press releases. And we also mm -hmm. capture your own Twitter feed in that. 
that that then sits on your website. Give you the URL, you put it on, on, on a clean page on your website. When someone looks at your website, they now say you've got a media room, you've got a running Twitter feed, you're active, you're alive, you're dynamic, and you look yeah. a lot bigger than you actually are. Yeah. So it's you know it, look look big at the outset and and yeah. people that you're there for there for keeps. And yeah, you kind of reference in there because you, you've very much got a two-sided marketplace, not too dissimilar to ourselves. And I know mm. sometimes you're always trying to manage that challenge and make sure from our perspective, we've always got liquidity. From your side of things, you, you want a healthy uh, dose of, of journalistic uh, talent there at all times. How is how has that been in terms of being able to always constantly have um, a good, fresh level of, of talent, whether it's journalists, bloggers, or broadcasters there? Is, is that tough to constantly keep keep that updated yeah so we do keep that updated but one of the things that a lot of businesses think is that the journalists are doing them a favor to give them coverage and you know that's a human sort of thought what am i trying to do as a business i'm trying to get my brand in your paper why am i trying to do that because i want a free advert right now first of all understand understand where your market is so i always define advertising as paid paid media pr is earned media so it's not free not free advertising, right? So you've got to, I, I always say you've got to be the journalist pimp. So you've got to yep. provide a journalist with good content for, for the journalist common, uh, columns. But don't think they're doing you a favor in doing that. What, what's happening here is you are doing them a favor in providing that content for their columns, all right? If you don't get covered, you don't get covered. If they don't get content, they're out of a job. So the journalists need you just as much as you need the journalists. So we, we found you know, a, a very, very keen appetite from journalists, particularly in the regionals and those that are interested in the smaller businesses, you know, a very, very keen interest to, mm. to get the stories in. And we, one of, the other, one of the, other, the other aspects that we built in our platform is what we call our media requests, where journalists yeah. actually ask for business comment and business case studies. Yeah. Uh, and that's pretty active. You know, there, are, there are journalists 10, 15 times a day that are saying to us, we're looking for a business that's done this or done that, um, and, and the business just replies to them. But I think that's a super mindset change because I even think, as a small business owner ourselves, like you're you're almost so thankful when you when you see your name in lights, so so to speak. But actually, probably spending more time as a small business thinking about what is interesting for end users to consume or read about. And have you found? that helps you drive more engagement that way with, with, with customers? Yeah, two things to think about here. Um, one is your, your comment there, you're very thankful when, when you get coverage. And, and it's something you know, we're fighting with all the time. It's a bit of an ego trip when, when, you get, you know, when you get covered in a paper. About six months ago, we had one of the media requests come through the platform looking for someone over 50 who'd invested money in a new business. And somebody in the office just threw, threw my cap in the ring for, for that. A couple of days later, I got a phone call from the Telegraph freelancer, uh, and I did a 10-minute interview on the phone and thought, "That's it. Maybe there's two lines coming in an article." Then they asked to send a, um, they asked for a photograph, and they actually sent a photographer. Um, so the photographs taken. I didn't think a lot more of it. And then about two, three weeks later, I was sitting in the garden with my wife, going through the Telegraph magazine on a Saturday, and she said, "Hey, look, this is you." And there was a double page. <laughs> there, yeah? And, and even me now, with I suppose 25, 30 years experience in PR, still a great ego trip. What you want to do is rip it out, frame it, show all your friends and all this sort of thing. But look, the reality is, unless that media coverage is increasing your web traffic, or unless it's ramping your sales up, 
there's no value to it right comment around you know we've got a great thirst to get our, our our ego trip in place just understand the value of pr it's not necessarily the coverage you get but it's getting your brand name out there and more web traffic and more sales coming through so you must point, point one remember that point two yeah. the other point you say here have we attracted good stories in and this is a really important point as well always challenge yourself on what you're putting out there and we've learned this as well and we do a lot of education with our with our users now uh you know a lot of uh, blogs uh knowledge base that's on the platform that helps you understand this and we've even built tips and tricks into the template that we use for you to put your press release out there what people are looking for what a journalist is looking for is a story that their readers will read because if you've not got the story that their readers will read then their editor is not going to clear that story for their columns and remember their their career is based on getting coverage themselves getting those those written themselves so yeah you need a good story there and this good story is not what you passionately think is the best story there ever is in your eyes because you know we all love our businesses we all think everybody wants to read about us the reality is they don't what they're interested in are things that interest them let me give you an example of this because this is it's a really good example one of the first people that signed up onto journal link i phoned up and said why have you signed up and the guy said, well, we're a drill business. We've got the most boring business. And interestingly, saying he's got a boring business, yes, he actually had, because he's got a drill business, but he hasn't worked that out. Right? He said, most boring business. And if you can get us media coverage, you've done better than anyone else. So I said, okay, so what is it you do? Do drill bits. What's different about them? Well, they've got diamond edges on, diamond tips on them. I said, well, every drill bit has. Do you export? Yeah, we go to about 20 countries, Vegas, Dubai, so I'm getting now a story of exporting diamonds to Vegas and Dubai. Oh, nice, yeah. Then I, said, then I said, are you profitable? He said, yeah, just celebrated 10 years profit. Biggest disappointment. Oh, we got turned down by Dragon's Den 10 years ago. They had wall-to-wall coverage with a headline of "Declined by Dragon's Den, celebrated 10 years profits. Nothing to do with drill bits. Yeah. Right? And that's the learning in it. What people want to read about is your story, the difference you're making to your community, the difference you're making to your sector, the difference that you're making to the world, to me, to a consumer, they're not interested in what you are interested in. They're interested in the difference. So a journalist wants differentiation, insights, data, stats, something that you make an article about that their readers will want to read. So I use that drill bit one. I think it's a really good poignant example about how you can spin story and the coverage that yeah. i got in the telegraph it wasn't about a pr firm it wasn't about a tech business this was about an individual who'd invested in something new but you know we had broad scale coverage of our brand name in it hmm. and that's really what you're trying to aim for yeah i think it's a really really important advice because often when you see first time founders or entrepreneurs are so passionate about the business and what it is they're doing and it's just boring to a lot of other people so they need to think of the the outside bits and who it affects and yeah i use a 12 year old test on this and i always tell people use your 12 year old test write what you want to put out there then give it to a 12 year old who's looking at a tv if they read it till the end you're going to get coverage if they don't get the first <laughs> sentence rewrite it because that's your quality. Yeah. you've got two or three seconds attention span uh, you've got two or three seconds attention span of the journalist picking up the story through your headline and then you've got two or three ten, uh, seconds attention span of the reader. If you can't get past that with your 12 year old test, rewrite it. Love it. 12 year old test. You've heard it here. 
Um, another aspect you touched on there was kind of analytics and, and tracking, um, which has become a real buzzword in marketing nowadays. And it's hard to get anything signed off unless you can talk into the return on investment, cost of customer acquisition, lifetime value, lots and lots of buzzwords. But often with PR, sometimes it's hard to measure because it might be in a broadsheet, it might appear on TV or radio. How do you work with your customers to showcase success through data? Yeah, two, two angles to this. And you're right, and this is a really important point. There's a heavy focus on return on investment. So, you know, we provide the platform, the general platform, both for businesses and for small agencies and freelancers. Yeah. Uh, and always the call is, how do I prove the value for my customers, return on investment? So, when you do PR, close your eyes to return on investment as long as you're paying no more than 10% of your marketing budget on it. So Journaling works out less than £50 a month for the platform for you to do everything you need to do with it, your distributions, things like that. Put that £50 down to this is part of my marketing mix in the same way that I send out email campaigns, in the same way that I refresh my website, in the same way that I go on to social media. It's all part of that marketing mix. So don't get obsessed about how many column inches did I get for that £50 a month. Because mm -hmm. if you're not getting your web traffic and you're not getting sales up, column inches are w worth nothing. So yeah. we're quite heavy on don't get obsessed on that ROI because in PR, it's impossible to value and don't let anyone tell you that there is a clinical way of doing it. What's mm -hmm. much more important on the analytics is that we, and we've learned this over time and we've, we've adapted the, the Genlink platform to this. Uh, what, what you've got to do is provide the analytics that helps someone do their job better. So what we, what we do on Genolink is not provide you with a coverage database. That's really hard to do, very expensive to do, and probably will end you in trouble in breaching copyright law. What we do instead is we give you the analytics that tell you which titles are showing an interest in your press release. And yep. then, then you can engage with those titles, with those journalists, uh, and do your own Google Google searching if you want to see if you have got coverage without it mm -hmm. costing money. But the critical thing is we're giving you the data that tells you which titles are interested in what you're saying. Why is that mm -hmm. important? That's important because it can save you time and you know where to go to. So if, you know, if we distribute to 3,000 journalists, you don't want to be calling 3,000 journalists. You want to be calling the three that actually are interested in what you're doing. Yeah. So it saves you a bunch of time. But it will also tell you whether you're targeting where where you're landing is where your target client base is. So we focus a lot on how you use the analytics for the benefit of your business. And and, and drilling into analytics that you think are worth tracking. So so you you, you mentioned uh, website visitors and sales going in the right direction. Do you like sometimes you'll you'll see these measures when agencies present back to you around positivity analysis or sentiment analysis, reach. Do you think these hold any weight, or what are your thoughts around uh, analytics like that? Yeah, you know, it's a, it's a really interesting question. How big's your business, right? Yeah, uh, you know, and we we've been around the circle on this lots of times within Journaling as well within the team that you can actually get too deep into some of this. You, you, you end up deprioritizing the really important day things that you've got to be doing on you know, some of the stuff that's quite theoretic. And, and yeah, sure, if you've got 20 people in a marketing team, sure, do your analytics, yeah. get into sentiments, work out your, you know, your best way for your SEO, 
uh, you know, all those things, work that out, work that out, work that out. And it is important. But if you've got half a person a week doing your marketing, yeah. then focus on getting your brand out there and don't don't get obsessed about, you know, the, the, the finer points of where I've actually yeah. got to be and, and where, where I'm actually at. So it's down to your size of your business. You know, if, if you've got time to do it, great. Get into that analytics of mm -hmm. are we landing it right? Have we got the right keywords in our blogs? You know, mm -hmm. are we got the right people visiting us? What time of day do they visit us? What do we put out? If you can do all of that, great. And we, you know, we've tried to do that in general. And we struggled, if I'm honest. We've really struggled because we haven't got the, the resource and the bandwidth to do it. So yeah. we tend now to focus more on, you know, is it working? And are we getting the, 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 the big measure for us is, uh, is web traffic. And we've moved levers to try and ramp that up. And just kind of digging in there in terms of the resourcing side of things. So obviously you're, you're seven years in, which is, is amazing because most small, small businesses don't make it past three, as we all know. So what have been the, the measures to, to get you to age seven in terms of the personnel you have been able to resource and bring in kind of who are they and how they have helped you get to where you are? Um, yeah, people are really key. And, you know, we, we, we've had some really good people. Um, we've had some, some that, some that have come, some that have gone, some that have stuck, some that haven't. But it's people. And it's absolutely fine that, you know, after a period, somebody says, I've done my bit. I want to move on now. That's good. Yeah. That, that is fine. That's absolutely fine. And, you know, don't, don't get paranoid about that. But this is about your people and about your team. Um, the, and the one thing that I've learned about that, being a bit of a sort of an old crusty ex-banker, you know, mentality with a sort of corporate view of life, um, listen to younger people, listen to other people. And I'm, I'm often criticized, personally, I'm often criticized of you not listened. I do listen. Yeah. I absolutely hear every word that's said to me. Um, do I act on that? Probably not enough. So yeah. off, and often it's like a month or two months later when I will say to someone, I'll, I'll kind of own up and say, do you know what? Should have listened to you a month ago. Should have listened to you two yeah. months ago. Um, listen to people. Listen to the particularly the younger people that come into your business because that's yeah. what the market is. Uh, and yeah. to ignore that is very, very, very naive. So, yeah, yeah. get the right people in. Um, I think a big thing is get people in who will challenge you, but you mm -hmm. get on with and who aren't yeah. scared of challenging you. And you can yeah. say to them, thank, you know, and you genuinely say to them, thanks for that challenge, you're right, rather than yeah. oh, you wouldn't say those things. So, yeah. you know, take the challenge, but like the people. Uh, and Absolutely. if you can do that, you'll have a good team. You'll have a good team. But, you know, don't be scared of changing the people. If you're not with the right people, then, you know, yeah change them something, something i've not been good at and something that other people on the team have been way better at than me you know my corporate philosophy has been hang on to people if it's not working let them go just on it on it from your particular business what were some of the kind of key skills you needed in terms of the roles that helped you get the business up and running and then get it to where it is now have you seen a need to change the type of people you hire from when you began to yeah, where you, you are now yeah, yeah no you do um we the first thing we well I, I invested the money initially in it then we got other investors to come in as family and friends which most small businesses do and you know you sell the dream to the family and friends that come in and, and it is your passion and that that's what you're, you're selling uh, and when you're selling that you've got to get in your mind right who is actually going to deliver this dream the biggest requirement we had and and remains the biggest requirement i think for most businesses is probably technology you know even even somebody that 18 months ago ha had a, a shop in the high street has had to pivot to online selling 
So, you know, it, and ours is a very complex tech technology platform. Uh, so we need some good tech resource within there. And we got that, we had that, and we built that, we built our coding resource, our development resource up um, until we built the platform properly. Then we downsized our development resource. And right now we're, we're ramping up our sales resource because we've now got a very, very good platform. Yes, that needs maintaining. So we do need a development resource, but yeah. we need more now the market, the, the sales and the marketing resource to ramp the volumes up. Um, so we absolutely needed the, the development. If we made a mistake at the outset, or were too slow at the outset, we should have put more on the sales side as well at the outset. Yeah. And, and, and what, what were the challenges in, in recruiting from tech? Because if your background is not tech, how did you, how did you find that? Um, so I, th I think, you know, the word for this is luck. We, we were lucky. The guy who on an outsource based built our initial platform, built the proof of concept, uh, then came and joined the business. And Adam joined the business and, and stayed with the business for seven years and he's now now moving on to his next challenge. But it gave us that time and the in-house resource really to get the thing into the place it needs to be so that it kind of runs on its own now. Yeah, yes, it needs maintenance and that's easy. But the development and the build and you know all the clever stuff that went into the tech build, we brought people in, well, we brought people in-house to do that. And, and I'm very, very glad we did that because I think if we'd outsourced that and not had it in-house, then the business probably wouldn't have got over the three years. I think we'd have run out of cash. So on that, how, how did you find the, the cash management side of things? First, you obviously have to go external finance, get that raised, was that a challenge? And then how do you deal with the building or the managing of the business side of, side of things? Is that something you look after yourself or is that passed to, to a financier to we, do? We, we've, we've, we've sort of done something which I think is probably quite usual in a lot of businesses in our sort of sphere, how we started up. We've kind of run it as a team and that's worked fairly well. So I, I guess I've always been seen as the, the figurehead of it because I put the initial cash in and then I went out and got the investment in as well. So I've always been sort of seen as the figurehead and, I, and I'm probably the sort of the, the older end of the, the spectrum as well. Uh, but we've run it very much as a team. So, you know, I've not just run all the ops. We've got different people that do different things within the team. And that's worked fairly well. The, the risk that you have with that is you need a team that is cohesive and works well like that with mature people. If you've not got that, then you actually do need someone. Uh, one of the people in our team calls it the glue that glues the team together. Uh, and I'm not sure what, what the job title of the glue is, if I'm dead honest. I'm not sure whether it's a managing director. I don't think it needs to be managing yeah. director. We yes. get hung up with job titles in in, in corporate life, in small businesses. You know, we don't have you don't need titles. You need people that do stuff that's successful. Yeah. Um, so, but there's often something that you need. There's a bit of glue, and the glue might be you know a once a once a week you know beer night, or the glue might be somebody on the team who's really good at just pulling people together. The glue is quite important. The glue is quite important, and we've never had an individual that's been the glue. It's been more of a team approach. Mm. Yeah, we're looking now. We are thinking now. Should we have someone that's the glue? You know, because yeah. we're at the level yeah. of maturity now, and I think you you mature over time to that. I mean, the other interesting angle is over the last year we've gone from two offices to complete remote working, and yeah. when we come back, when we even when everything is opened up again, we're going to stay remote working. All our systems are remote now. Our payment systems are remote. Everything's secure. Uh, it works, and we we have a daily um, team meeting. For a quarter of an yeah. hour, make sure everybody's okay. And often we don't talk about the business. You know, we'll talk about something else that's going on and have a good laugh and then we'll get off and do the business. Um, but, you know, you, you need that glue that holds, yeah, you, holds you together.
And then I suppose having gone through that and, and the various challenges, what are the, some of the outcomes then that you've been most proud of that have come out of the platform over the last seven years? Oh, the ego trip, you know, crazy. <laughs> like, yeah, I guess Telegraph taken. article. <laughs> yeah, no, no, not just, no, not the Telegraph article. Only one. Mind in yours, only one, yeah. two, two things, I guess, two things. One is when you see your break even. So yeah. I, you know, personally banking background, I, I, I kind of struggle with spending money that you're not got coming in. And that's one of the yeah. challenges you face when you pull investment in, that you're spending a load of money before actually you've got the revenue coming in. Yeah. Like that. Um, so, how, long, you know, how long did it take, actually? If... Um, it, 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 we were very, very quick to break even. Yeah. And then we took investment in to grow yeah. when we stopped being break even and we were, we were burning cash. And now we're back to break even. How good so, does that feel when you get yeah, to break even? That cycle. Now, some of the guys on the tip, that's not bothered at all. That kept me awake at night. Don't like spending money that's not coming in because it normally yeah. has one very messy end. Um, so, you know, one thing that makes me smile is, yep, we've got the same money in or a bit more every month than we've spent like that. Uh, the other thing that makes me smile is when we get a small business, quite, quite without asking for it, send us an email saying, thanks for what you've done for me. That's great. That is great yeah. because you know, you know you've made a difference mm. in the way that you set the business up to make a difference. And that's good. That's awesome. and, and, you know, we see, oh, I don't know, 15, 20 press releases a day go through the system. We see 15, 20 media requests go through the system daily. We see 10 new people registering daily. You know, so I see that volume going through and you know, that traction going through. But I always take a bit of a sneaky look in our back office to see the press releases have gone through. How many people have picked them up? How many shown yes. in them? And not that anyone's asked me, but you know, when you see it's working and when you see a business clearly is now starting to get a little bit of PR traction that they couldn't get before, then you know you've got it right. Then you know you've awesome. you've actually you know you've you've filled the gap. We started to yeah, it started. You know, we started to fill the gap that we set off to uh, to fill at the outset. So that's you know a smile on my face. Yeah, well, I mean, I'd love to finish it off there with a smile on your face because it's been an absolute pleasure chatting to, to Peter and it's been so good to just hear about Journalink as a, as a business but also the offshot of all the different small businesses that have benefited from the platform and so wish you continued success with it um, and thanks so much again for, for joining us today. No, Kieran, absolute pleasure. Two things I'd leave you with. One, life's no rehearsal and running your own business is a complete roller coaster, but you know, it, it's a pile of fun. So none of us really regret doing it. Never go to your grave regretting not doing something. Always go to your grave regretting doing it. So, you know, do it, stick at it, stick with that tenacity. So that's one thing I'd say. Yeah. Same thing I'd say, never miss the opportunity. So I'm not going to miss the opportunity either. If you're watching this, do have a look at www.journal.com <laughs> or go through the Swoop membership agreement uh, membership <laughs> as well. Have a look at it. You, I mate. love it. Great, the most I of love it. it. Uh, brilliant. So much, so much great advice as well, Peter. Like, so just sound advice. Like, if you're if you're a certain size, you have to change your your mindset as well, yeah. and and always think about the the content. But yeah, I think it's a no brainer if if you're a small business not to not to be thinking about this. And obviously, if you are listening, please do check out uh, Journal Link. Um, but yeah, massive thanks, Peter. Yeah, so, that, so that's really, the, really enjoyed. That's the, that's the independent nineteen out of twenty reviewer. So there you go. That's what you're aiming for. <laughs> Just throw it all in. <laughs> thanks, guys. Really good to see you. Really good to talk to you. Yeah, brilliant. Thanks Thank so you. much, Peter.